Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. It's weird doing this without headphones, but my headphones are all the way upstairs, so we're just gonna wing yeah, this one. I didn't one even in. notice. Didn't even notice this was the first time with no headphones. Yeah, hope the audio turns out. Anyway. My name is Koji. I I don't I don't know what I am this week. What did we do yesterday? What did we do? <laughs> I saw I saw what did you. What we do yesterday? Uh, uh, oh, we went and saw Japandroids. Oh yeah, that's right. Right. Okay, I guess I'm a part-time moviegoer and full-time concert goer and with me as always is my good friend and illegal parker andrew patterson hello how's it going man uh yeah you know it's going all right that whole uh yeah it's a rough week yeah. it's a rough week we can just uh let's just move on let's just move right along onto the uh onto yeah onto the content for it, this week's episode I just got to say, if you hear me smacking my lips, it's because I am drinking a steam whistle. Thankfully, uh, another podcast that I do uh, has, has uh, they're paying me in beer, essentially, is what's going on. So mm. I feel like... We have that kind of arrangement here, except nobody pays us to do this. Yeah. <laughs> no one pays us in anything <laughs> except grief and bad movies. Um, but speaking of this week... The You Gotta Love It is, or the both You Gotta Love It and The uh, and the Hidden Gem are both uh, rom-coms Although, for Valentine's Day. Yeah, true. But one of them... One of them is not really a rom-com, though. Yeah. So we have Single Mother's Club. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Single Mom's Club? Single Mom's Club, which oh, the way it was sold and like... Pardon, pardon. I didn't realize this, but now I realize it's Tyler Perry's Single Mom's Club. Right. Yeah, yeah. I I knew that going into no, it. No, somebody neglected to mention that to me. So that's like the first note that I have was like, oh, <laughs> oh, this is. T- we. I feel like we should do a a Tyler Perry episode, just like sure. hidden gem. Here's the thing. Uh, but hold on, before we get into it, okay? Because that's the you gotta love it. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Right. The hidden gem for the week is a rom com by the name of bear no eagle, eagle versus, versus shark <laughs> i wanted to say bear versus shark like the band yeah uh it's straight out of new zealand this film yeah starring yes. jermaine clement yeah jermaine jermaine and then uh oh name her name escapes me but so, i thought she was great in it i the girl I, that played lily yeah yeah let me just out and say if you want to know what it would be like if Napoleon Dynamite yeah. was an adult surrounded by other Napoleon Dynamites and Pedros, etc., this is the movie in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has a uh, a New Ze- an accent from New Zealand. But essentially, it's yeah, ve- very similar in tone. Um, I only took two notes. The first was, "Well, this is adorable," and the second was, uh. I couldn't stop laughing when that person tripped running oh, into the oh, movie theater. The, the dinosaur teeth? The dinosaur teeth in the movie. Yeah. Just because like, it was, it was kind of like the uh, uh, the punching. Yeah, well, not even like the punching in Paul Blart. It was just like the movie had a specific sense of humor or a specific uh, style. Yeah. But like. That didn't. That was the only time that something like that happened. It seemed, you know, yeah, somewhat or get like they were just like, oh, you know, what might be funny if we did this, and right. then okay, let's keep it in, and like how Lily doesn't react at all. Essentially, yeah. one of the characters is just standing outside of this movie theater called uh, Cinosaurus Rex, um, and the entrance to the movie theater is uh, is like a T Rex's mouth that you go through, but for you know this ill advised design feature on the sidewalk like on the bottom of its mouth, there are just these like cones, pylon sized cone teeth sticking out of the ground and attached to the ground. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. And, uh, the, the uh, protagonist is just waiting with this like gift for a date. 
and she's waiting and she waits and the person never shows up. But like it's just kind of do you know to show the passage of time, just these like you know right. crossfades to like her just kind of waiting out front. And then the last one, you just hear kind of like from off screen this like footsteps of running and this like woman, this girl <laughs> just comes like running in as if she's like late for a movie, and just trips and just eats it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one yeah. of these pylons, the, and there's like no. No dialogue, nothing. The main character just kind of watches it happen. And then the person just kind of like lies on the ground for a second, then like gathers up their bag and then just like carries on as if nothing happened. But man, I laughed hard. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good. I I, it, it, I mean, it's interesting it's a, because it, it started off unlike the way a rom-com would start off in that like, well, okay. So the, initially like very off the top it starts off he's pining she's pining for this guy and you think oh okay the movie's gonna be her trying to get this guy or whatever right but he she then immediately goes to a party that he's hosting with his roommate kind of uninvited and they get together immediately so i was like oh okay what is this movie gonna be about then you kind of feel bad for her for most of the movie, or at least I did. Yeah. I was like, I felt terrible Whoa. for her. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, it's, it's, I think it's worth watching because, uh, I think it's easy to, I, I will, I will say, I remember seeing the trailer for this movie and it was like, what, 2007, 2009, 2007, oh, I, I think. 2009, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, you know, I kind of dismissed it at a hand as somebody just sort of cashing in on Napoleon Dynamite esque or Nacho Libre, uh, you know, humor. And I was kind of right. like, eh. Like, I but don't you really... didn't know Jermaine at the time? Was this before Concords? No, I think it was around the same time. Mm -hmm. 2007. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, I'm not saying I was like, oh, fuck this movie. I just didn't like, I wasn't like, I'm going to go see this in theaters. But I right. remember seeing the trailer. But like, I think um, people <clears throat> who like things that are a little bit, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uncomfortable? Yeah, uncomfortable, but like kind of quirky should definitely not dismiss this because the content was so complex. Yeah, it like, is. Surprisingly, like, more so than Napoleon even. Way more, way more. Yeah, like yeah. there's so much to unpack and it's done in a really weird way, but I really liked it. Like, at the, like the first half of the movie is more kind of goofy, but then... Uh, so the two main characters end up going back to Jermaine's, uh, his name's Jared in the movie. Yeah. So Jared and Lily end up going to Jared's hometown, uh, cause he's saying that he's going to like fight this childhood <laughs> he, bully basically. He wants revenge yeah. on a bully from high school. And you know, it's still at this point very like tweet. You're like, oh, okay. It's going to be like this goofy. But then like when they get to his hometown, you kind of, re he's sort of like a pathological liar. Like yeah. his home life is like you start realizing all these things and they're delivered in still a very um kind of quirky way but a lot of it is like pretty heavy stuff right well it's pretty clear that like he's only lying to try and impress his dad right. who is obsessed with his dad brother well but like every like you find out that he's lied to her about like his mother being dead and like all you know like yeah that's just kind of like weird th so it's sort of like he but i think he he in, in all instances is lying to either um, kind of avoid. Uh, no, no, it's not even that because he's got that weird one ups one upsmanship that like these weird nerd characters have, where it's just like, yeah. "Oh, your parents are dead. My mom died too." Like, yeah, and and so and it's not just him. Like all of the characters are kind of. Um, it's like Koji said, like it's not for just the sake of making an a, like everybody like napoleon but it's very like i feel like it was an interesting character study of people who are you know maybe children still at heart like that right. for whatever for one reason or another like social reasons or you know mental health or you know any number of things they don't really delve into in this movie they're now adults but they uh haven't had the the same experiences um I don't even know how to describe it, but it was like really interesting because, you know, you go into it thinking that it's just set up solely for com comedic purposes. Right. Um, and, and, you know, some of it is funny and like true tr comedy in the true sense of the word where it's right. kind of like, you know, you are laughing at other people's misfortune, but like, 
it was like weirdly interesting. Like, like, I, when like he especially attacked, the when second he half the of bully? it. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The part that I thought was pretty funny and like the most teeth grittingly awkward were yeah. when with uh, his friend, the computer hacker. Yeah. Oh, when that, he meets her at the bus stop. But but even before that, when they're like, okay, like when is he coming into town? And like all the porn comes up on his computer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> and, then, and and just his reaction to that. And then, yeah, at the bus stop when he's like, uh, I heard uh, you broke up with Jared. And she's just like, no. No, he, she, she says, yeah. And then he's like, he, he broke up with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And then yeah, he's yeah. like, huh. And then he's just like, do you want to go with me? <laughs> and she's just like, no, thanks. And he's just like, oh, good. Because uh, I was just kidding. But it's like, you fell for it. You fell for it. And then, like, <laughs> as he's falling away, he's like crying. Like, you fell for it. Just yelling down the street. And it's like, and he's like a grown man, though, you know? Like, it's, But all, all the characters in this movie have something. So, yeah. the his brother, oh, no, his sister and, and her husband are yeah. always, like, trying these new fads that they're trying to sell. Yeah. And I love their like awesome jumpsuits. No, the best was when she walks when she walks with in the, the room makeup? with the makeup on, and he's just like, "Oh, oh your yeah, skin's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like your skin's okay." And she's like, "Yeah, why wouldn't it be?" And they're just like, "No, no reason." <laughs> and then and then she comes in again. They're trying to sell knives or something. They, they have a bunch know. of knives. And anyway, a lot of good, good characters in this movie. Liked, I like the music. Cool little stop motion bits. Uh, I don't know if they're like super necessary but you know they didn't certainly didn't take anything away yeah i i guess it well so i understand the the apple bit the that stop motion bit but the stop motion bit with the sleeping bags i thought was like it's like some real uh norm mclaren national film board stuff but i guess there's no other way of for them to like kind of pull that scene off because you know really what they would have been doing is he would have been in a sleeping bag got up and walked a few paces and she would have got up and walked a few paces but for like a whole day yeah anyway really interesting uh movie and the, it's one of those movies like it's silly and, and you can enjoy it for its silliness but the more you think about it almost the the better it becomes because there's that point where you think he's gonna you know forgive the bully and like you know all his family's there and he's thinking about them and you think he's gonna have this big realization and just it just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and that, I, I'm kind of a little bit, I looked her up on IMDb. Uh, I think her name's Lauren. I can't remember her last name. The actress that played Lily, but I thought she did great, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's hard to st- have an original kind of take on, like, that character, which I'd say in the last two, three decades... I know that seems like a lot of time, but in the in the scheme of movie history, yep. has been like so overdone, you know. Um, yeah, I thought she did a great job, and she, I was like really like. It was basically her more than it was Jermaine that had me like plugged into the movie. I was like, oh, I want to see how she reacts to stuff because well, she, she's so like she is the main character. Yeah, and, and I thought she was going to take more of a stand at the end. She kind of does, but like, yeah. But I think that also kind of says something. And like her relationship with her brother was so like adorable. Like there was just so oh. so, so much stuff where I was just like, oh, I, I don't mention, want anything bad to happen to these people. Just... I wanted to mention the brother because I love how in the beginning she's just like, oh yeah, he does voices real good, right? <laughs> and then throughout the movie, he's doing these impressions. And like, you, it's very clear who he's trying to do because the lines are pretty iconic. Or not yeah. even that iconic, but like it's still... It's clear what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. it's they're not uh, they're not the best. But it, 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 the the best part about it is they get worse and worse as time goes on <laughs> to the point where he's just like, "This is Michael Jackson," right? When he answers the phone, <laughs> She's, she loves it. Right? Anyway, it's uh yeah, it's worth seeing for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I liked it. Uh, yeah, I think that's all there is to that. Do you want to? Uh, well, okay. Or wait, do you have a question though? Is that where <laughs> your eyes kind of lit up there for a yeah, second? Yeah, I, I do have a question. Is it about awkward movies? <laughs> it kind of is. Um, other than Napoleon Dynamite in this movie, because I was trying to, th- I, I was like, I've seen this character before, but like, I can't, I couldn't really put my finger on who these, you know, like what other types of movies 
exist that are kind of like this? Do you have any sort of favorites? You know, like, like I kept like thinking the, Dwight Schrute from The Office, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a good question because, like, it it is a character that's like pretty known, you know, or a character type, I should say, that's pretty known. It's kind of like one of these things where you're like, oh yeah, you know, the kind of like lovable, affable nerd who thinks that he's like outside of reality. I'm thinking, I'm talking about Jermaine now, I guess, but like. He's outside of reality and thinks he's way better at things than he is, right? Because that's really what yeah. it comes down to, like their hunting skills and their yeah. fighting skills. And- uh, it's not really the same thing. But the two movies that I kind of am thinking of, have you seen um, Hesher with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? A while ago. I need to rewatch that movie. Because that and Natalie Portman, that movie was like, it's like a different kind of unique character but it kind of has like Natalie Portman's character is kind of the awkward kind of like Lily sort of if I recall sure. but I just remember it being like I went into it expecting something totally different mm-hmm. something about a kind of a social outsider uh and like you know his weird relationship with these characters around him uh speaking of Dwight isn't he isn't isn't he in Hesher as that he's the dad Rain Wilson? Yeah. He's the dad oh, in yeah, that yeah. movie. I forgot about that. Also, have you seen Super? No, I still haven't seen Super. We should do it for the show. Okay. Because I just remember seeing the trailer and being like, ooh, this looks pretty messed up. Yeah, that's exactly it. I have it. I haven't seen it. Uh, I um, saw the trailer, but I feel like it's one of those one of these kinds of movies as well. The other the other one I think that's maybe clo- a bit closer to the mark is Wrist Cutters. Oh, my God. This again. You won't shut up about it. How many times have I brought it up? Wrist cutters? Yeah, like a lot, eh? A lot, because it's like one of your favorites, though. Yeah, I love that it. That you got it like Blockbuster in the bargain bin. Yeah, I, well, no, I just got it like used. There was just like one oh, copy. I was like, oh, whatever. this looks cool. But it, ah, fuck, I don't know. It's hard to like, other than the uh, Jared Hess movies, it's really hard to like Nacho Libre. Like just my, my brain is like, wants to say Swiss Army Man, but that's a different kind of movie altogether. Paul Dano, though, kind of plays that role sometimes. But he doesn't think he's good at anything. True. Like he's he's not except just, for in some cases killing people. Did you ever see that Angelina Jolie? What was it? Don't not don't say a word. Uh, maybe that's what it was. Don't say a word. No. Where he was, he would kill people and then kind of steal part of their identity. No, that sounds awesome though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of just like really shit the bed on that question. That's okay. I wasn't like. I feel like I should have had an answer. Well, it's just funny because we we're both like, loaded, oh, it's but... been done so many times. And then you're like, so what's your favorite example? And I was like, oh, shit. I don't know. I actually but, don't know. I can't think it, of an example. It clearly has been done a bunch of like mystery men, maybe. <laughs> wow. That's like old. Was that 1998 or something? I don't know. But I love that movie. Have you you've seen it, right? Ben yeah. Like, yeah. But like a long time ago. And Dana, Dana Carvey's in that movie as well. Anyway, that's a great movie. Uh oh, like any another one, um, MacGruber kind of. I mean, that, oh, yeah. that's a little bit more over the top because it's like they're a little bit bigger budget, I think. Right, but, but that's definitely one of these characters, like Will Forte. A, a lot of the SNL movies, I think, are like that, like Night at the Roxbury. Like they're all characters who who aren't in touch with like the reality of their situations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Will Forte is like perfect at playing those those roles like have you seen last man on earth yeah pretty fucking good yeah that is that's that that character is like fucking spot on these guys kind of um also compulsive liar and of course uh you know what we were talking about at the beginning flight of the concords that show still there's so many funny like it's just so weird and awkward like every character in it is just so strange have you checked out nirvana the band the show yeah i watched uh the first two episodes. Do you no. like it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Toronto represent. The, uh, you didn't, you neglected to tell me how escalated the uh, dick poster episode got. At oh, the yeah, end. yeah. Well, I didn't want to ruin it. <laughs> no, I know. But I, I was just like, oh, what, what could they possibly do to, oh, man. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Oh, God. Those guys, that's an, that's also a good example because yeah. the guys are like so oblivious, oblivious, like yeah, they, yeah. you know, they, 
they had never seen Jurassic Park, or or that's how it seems in the episode when they're like watching the tape of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if they had never seen it. They're just like still have the childlike oh, wonder. It was so about funny it. how he's reacting to the to Samuel Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like. How is he being so cool and collected? Storms coming. How is he like freaking out? And then at the end, at the end of that one episode where they're playing the Mario uh, Mario Kart theme song on piano. Oh no, I definitely if that's episode two, I definitely didn't make it all the way through yet. That's like the credits of episode two. Oh, and it has nothing to do with the episode. And then there, he's just like, "Oh fuck! Well, why are you going in reverse?" And the, the other guy's like, "Don't worry, I'm still gonna win the race. I'm just gonna go." And he's like, there's fucking always one guy at the party <laughs> who's always going in reverse, fucking other people's shit up. Anyway. Yeah. That, Onto the You Gotta Love It. Yeah, yeah. Too much fun is being had. Let's talk about the You Gotta Love It. Although, I will say that I did love this movie. It was easy for me to love. Hmm. Uh, so, the Single Moms Club is kind of as you would expect it, a club of single moms who um, are thrown together by circumstance. Their kids are all embroiled... Shit disturbers. ...in issues at school. The same issue at school. They're all caught doing bad things at the same time. And so the principal has... fuckers. ...all all the parents come in for a conference, except because they're single moms, uh, it's all just the moms. And it's sort of construed that, like, your kids are going to be kicked out of school. We've kind of given them one last chance, but... In order for us to give them this chance, you need to be more involved in their lives, which means you have to plan an event at the school. And so these moms from all walks of life, who two of them, so there's four of them in total, and there's pairs. So two of them are were friendly with one another beforehand. There's like the sort of upper middle class white parents that are friends. And then there's the the kind of like, blue collar mother and uh, I guess an upper middle class mother who is one's Latina, one's black and they're, they're friends. But like, it's like oil and water, the whole thing at first mm. and quote unquote hilarity ensues, right? That's sort of the idea. But yeah. <clears throat> I will say this. I thought the acting for the most part was brutal. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Like there's, there's certain scenes that, uh, are totally fine but like you can tell there's a lot of ad-libbing hmm. but it's not good ad-libbing it's kind of awkward i don't know did you watch the after like the during credit sequence no i turned it off because i didn't want to watch with the, the outtakes? outtakes no so you should have watched the outtakes because then you would have seen i wa- i stopped when the uh jan was on the phone the lo- when she was like telling her what to do on the phone and i just like kept going on you know Telling, she was telling the other girl. So the first outtake was like the uh, woman trying to get the guy out of her house. Yeah. And then the second one was like the one on the phone, the like the lawyer, yeah. the one at the firm on the phone, being like, "You need to like fucking get on that lawnmower man neighbor guy." You know? Oh yeah, it just yeah, like yeah, kept yeah. going on. It was clear she wasn't talking to anybody on the phone. I was like, mm, "All right, well, I watched the movie." And I just yeah, so it. it's it, it's kind of like a um, knocked up or. 40-year-old virgin or whatever, that that style of outtake. But it's clear that this swath of people is not as good at ad-libbing. So, I mean, it wasn't a... There are moments in, in it that weren't great. But as a whole, I thought the movie was actually really good. More so to kind of highlight the struggle of a single mom. And, yeah. I, I mean, I'm probably not the person to like, I'm not an authority on, on single motherhood. I, my mom was not a single mom, so I don't know what it was like, but I imagine the struggles, although heightened for the movie as they may be, they didn't feel that heightened. I feel like the struggles that go on in this movie are very realistic struggles for single parents. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciated that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, this was um, my first Tyler Perry movie ever because I just same uh, maybe undeservedly have this like opinion of everything that he does. I mean, I saw Gone Girl. It annoys, but yeah, but Tyler Perry presents Tyler Perry Studios. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. like um, I had this sort of uh, 
I, I don't know. I mean, he was one of the kinda, best actors in the movie. It's kind of cooled off a bit, but people like Martin Lawrence, Tyler Perry, uh, even Russell Peters. I don't like uh, people who play to the stereotypes that in a lot of ways, those same people or other people or people in their movies are struggling against all the time. I think I've always felt that it's just kind of like too easy. And while people are like, oh yeah, but it's like, it can be funny. It's kind of like for me, I'm like, yeah, but it just is like perpetuating this cycle. And uh, he kind of had the market cornered on it or, or has for years where he, you know, the Madia movie, all these movies where I'm just kind of like, okay, like, it's not even that I don't think that he could do a good movie or maybe that he hasn't done a good movie. I right. just like am not interested in seeing it until he decides to do something or be involved in a project. Um, I feel like that's why we should do a Tyler Perry episode. Yeah, totally. Because here's the other thing. I'll be honest. Because of the stuff that I do know about, maybe I've never even looked him up on IMDb. Maybe he's already done this and I'm just unaware of it. But uh, So I went into this just being like, okay, great. But I agree with everything you just said. I was like pleasantly surprised by... In in the same vein, like I obviously can't speak to single motherhood. I have you know, like I have right. no clue. But it was refreshing to me that it wasn't. You know, there there were things here and there that annoyed me that I felt were very like you know playing to tropes and just kind of like oh, okay, yeah, I fucking get it. But it's like when she was talking to her neighbor and they're like, we, you know, I'm gonna need you to get some wood. Okay, like, we'll come back to that though. Uh, the. The intro, like my first, the, the notes I took, I was like, oh, the intro is like actually pretty interesting. It's pointing to some, like wasted no time and pointing to like real issues in so like the, with the woman. Give us, trying, a, give us a recap. Uh, the one character, uh, her the character's name is Jan, I believe, is uh, she's very high up. She's like a very long standing uh um, partner or she wants to make partner at this firm. Yeah. So she's up for partnership. She's at up a for partnership firm. at a law firm. That's all men. And like when the scene opens, it's like her and like, maybe like you see like a handful of other dudes and they're kind of like being like, Oh, well, you know, like you're not really as available. And they're kind of basically hinting that because she's a woman and a mother that she, uh, that even though she is, is more than qualified, those are the reasons that she's not going to make partner. Uh, right. and you know, they're, they're, being typical sort of douchey you know there's a lot of like mansplaining and kind of like oh well, you know well, and then it's revealed that there's this fucking huge room and she's like the only woman the yeah, only yeah. woman in this entire so you're immediately it frames this sort of like whether you're a man or a woman watching this movie like you it immediately puts into perspective like her her environment you know like her, right. her situation and what she's like so it's interesting that you mentioned that because that's one of the things that really kind of got to me about this whole thing was that I think that that kind of highlights because as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, you know what? She isn't as available as mm -hmm. they are. You know, like the guys like I have no, no kids, no wife, like I'm all about the firm or whatever. And, you know, she has a constant struggle throughout the movie. She wants both. She wants to be a good parent mm -hmm. and she wants to be partner. And she realizes very quickly, not even very quickly, she realizes by the end of the movie that she can do both, but she can't do both at this specific firm. Mm -hmm. But I think it highlighted that like, there are certain professions that demand your time, mm -hmm. right? And so it's kind of almost set up to be a boys club. Yeah, it's it's. I mean that or each, or, each, or you can't have kids. Yeah, each character had a. It's all basically the same thing, but each character had one facet of that discussion. You know, which I don't want to like. We don't. We don't need to hash that out here. I'm sure nobody wants to listen to that. But um, it was very. It was like very interesting. I will say it was. Uh, and this kind of stuff just generally makes me a bit uncomfortable, I guess. But I did find it weird how right after I wrote that note and I was like, oh, fuck, like this is intense. She sits down and you're introduced to one of the other main characters who is a writer uh, the uh, who is black. And she wants to know how this this paper or something that she wants to get published is going to. And and the woman's basically like, 
oh yeah, it's just like, it's not going to work. It's too, uh, it's too something. And the woman's like too black. And then they just have this like really stilted, weird, awkward conversation that right. I, I couldn't tell in that, at least that scene, whether it was supposed to be kind of a joke or whether it was supposed to be really like serious and te- it was like this weird middle ground where I was oh. like, this is fucking weird as hell right after that really poignant. I thought but- it was also supposed to be serious. That second scene where she's like, it's too black. And, and, the lawyer's like, well, you can say that. Yeah, I, that part, though, was weird. I, I like, can't say that. Well, I think legally she can't be like, yeah, this is too black. Yeah, but like all the eyebrow rate things she was like, she was making it seem almost comical. Like well, she was like, but, I don't care. But that's that goes back to what I was saying when we when we introduced this movie, that the acting is not good. The content right. is, is good, sure. I think. Like there's a lot of conversations had in this movie that are conversations that should be had. But like, so... What I'll say for this movie that it I would kind of compare it to is uh, in terms of the tone, yeah, which is a little bit frustrating to me, is Orange is the New Black. And here's why. I, I, have, like show. I don't like it either. What, but that's I'm about to tell you why I don't like it. So I went into Orange is the New Black. Like right when it came out, for whatever reason, expecting like a prison drama. You like know? Oz? Yeah. Like oh. some serious shit. But it was that, billed as a comedy. Well, yeah, it was billed as a comedy. I didn't see any of it being billed as a... I mean, like, r- like right out of the gates. Like, oh, this is like an original show that's coming out. And it was by the same person that did... Um, fuck, what's the other, sh- the other show that the creator of Orange is the New Black did? I don't know. I'm going to look see, it up. But, but here's, here's the thing, though, before you get into that. Mm-hmm. I guess I knew beforehand because it was one of Netflix's first original shows. I mean, they had that... Hemlock Grove or whatever, which was garbage. Mm-hmm. But House of Cards. Was this was that before House of Cards? Anyways, the one thing that I knew about the show because it weeds. was big news. Oh, was, was it Weeds? Mm-hmm. Okay, because it was big news that it had been picked up for a second and third season mm-hmm. before the first episode came out, or before any of the episodes came out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And in that article, they had mentioned that it was a comedy. So mm-hmm. I kind of went into it. Okay, I guess it's not that I didn't, but like weeds is, yeah, a but comedy, he, he, yeah, air quotes. Like the 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 things they choose to be comedic about in Orange Is the New Black, and the things that I give a shit about in that show, they're just not on the same way for me. I like millions love that show, but I don't like, like for it. okay, fair enough. But I just I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like when I watch it, I'm like, oh fuck, like there's some of the, the, the th- like Adam Biggs character. Like, yeah. fucking get out of here. You're like, re- like that relationship should be one of the points of, I, f- I don't know. It's just like, there's like a weird juxtaposition of like murder and like, li- you know, how tough things, I just didn't feel like the balance was really hit in that show. And right. in this movie, there's a similar kind of like, like the, uh, the neighbor scene and some of the scenes with Terry Crews where there was like, is humor being injected into this thing where I, I, by the end of the movie, I was like, this movie had some real meat in it. I almost want it to just be like a drama with like a couple, you know, lighthearted moments as opposed to like a comedy, like a romance, you right. know, like it was it like... It easily could have been just... Yeah, and, and a, yeah. there were so many, like, I was just like, fuck. The only other thing I did think was kind of weird was that when the woman's child goes missing, that nobody just called the cops. Like it took forever for that to happen. They were just like, oh yeah, let's just go home. Oh, he's not here? Okay, let's fight. Like, what are you talking about? What You would think that the first thing that they would be doing is calling the police. Right. Anyway, that was just a minor thing. But uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, um, you know, it, it was it, another one that was kind of easier so, to love maybe than the uh, person that pushed it on us. Well, because it deals with some interesting content. Like, even when the kid goes missing, it's yeah. because he got a message from his biological father, who's not in his life, really, who he like... Waits for wants to, yeah, he yeah. wants to be in his life. He's constantly waiting for his dad to pick him up after school, and his dad never comes, even though he says that he will. And then he finally goes to meet his dad, and his dad takes his like gold chain and his Game Boy and pawns it so that he can buy drugs, and he just leaves his kid there mm-hmm. at, at like the pawn shop or something, mm-hmm. which is like some pretty serious shit. Yeah. Also, right? one thing I thought interesting was that the. Uh, sort of power uh, businesswoman. Yeah. Uh, 
just as she never had a relationship with a man. She just did artificial uh, insemination. insemination. And uh, again, like something I would have liked to see more of is they only touch on it briefly where she's like, literally it's like one sentence where she's like, yeah, I did it this way. And I didn't think about all the questions that, you know, my daughter would have for me. Right. And that was like the end of it. And I was like, no, what? No, like there, there's so much like Well, the daughter brings, brings it up once. Also. Sure. I just mean like from her perspective, like right. she was like, I want to, this is the life that I want. And I also want a child and this is how I'm going to do it. Right. And we were seeing just like a glimpse of how that was turning out for her. Well, but but I, like, I think it's because it's supposed to be a comedy. That's the problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was just like, fuck. Anyway, it was, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was bad acting a sat like yeah. <laughs> like i keep saying there's like some meat like i there i was watching it just like oh fuck this is like well i'll you tell know? you right now it's no lulu or laser blast no it's not it is not you're right no but um do you have any uh, any favorite rom-coms before we get on to recommendations well one of my new favorite rom-coms is one that was one of the first episodes we did which was about time i thought that was great if you want to call that a rom-com maybe it's more of a no nah, it's a romantic comedy well i think that any movie that's romantic that isn't a serious drama is just labeled a rom-com even um, though it's just more of a rom i like uh i'm a huge fan of john cusack Pinnacle, John Cusack, High Fidelity, Gross Point Blank. High Fidelity is one of my favorite movies of all time. And to me, it is like the pinnacle of romantic comedy. Having like, you know, quirky supporting cast. Uh, and the story, though, is like kind of... I think that a lot of romantic comedies kind of are <clears throat> so cliche yeah. that, you know, but... High Fidelity to me feels somehow still original. Like it's like a. Oh, it's the best. It's well. The, he, here's why it's original in my in my eyes, because it's like. So he he breaks up with his girl. It's girlfriend. like a reverse romantic comedy. Well, he it's it's like not it's, romantic. It's not romantic, but that's why it's original, right? So like yeah. he, he breaks up with his girlfriend and then realizes, like she's actually the one for him and he loves her, right? But then proceeds to almost cheat on her. Oh, he just continuously fucks up and like thinks back but, to like. But he, well, no, I mean after. So after that whole thing comes about, her dad dies. Yeah. Um, and he gets back into her life. He still like has this, not fling, but almost fling with yeah. this like the the music journalist. Right. Yeah. But then he realizes that like, the initial sort of shine that is on a new relationship is just that. It's just shine. Yeah. But like underneath it all, once you get past all the fun and all that, like is is the, the person, real right? The is the real person shit. that's left over somebody that you can that you can live with and not not like be head over heels in love with or like infatuated with, but like actually live with, yeah. right? And I think that that's what most uh, romantic movies kind of lack. Is that it's like a substance? It's like a dirty <laughs> realism. It's not substance because like about time was. Like you said, it was good. But oh, like, yeah. It doesn't... It's not... But it also had, like, fucking time travel and stuff in it. It also wasn't very typical. I just mean, like, the... Yeah, I don't know. I get... I, but have you seen Gross Point Blank? Yeah. Oh, that's another great one. Well, that's because a weird one, yeah. It's super weird, but it's also hilarious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I loved that movie. Uh, the first time I saw it, how he's just, like, telling... that. What I loved about it was that he didn't hide that he was a, a professional hitman right, from right, anybody. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just nobody believed him. Like he was like, he goes back to his first high school reunion and people are just like, I haven't seen you for like 15 years or 20 years or whatever it's been. Like what happened? And he's like, uh, you know, dropped out of school, joined the military. I'm a, a you know, killer for hire, yeah. you know? And they're just like, ha, ha, uh, yeah, you know, like whatever, man. But then as shit unravels in the movie, yeah. And he is forced to start murdering people. Right, people right, right. are just like, oh shit. Like, you know, he's like, you can't be mad at me. Like I told you to your face. Yeah. Um, and then the romantic element in it was also great because it has that sort of, 
that detachment where these people are so connected that she can get over the fact that he kills people right, <laughs> for right, money. Right, right. You know, like it's uh, anyway. Uh, so probably yeah, those are up there. So I put the question out there to some people on Facebook, and here's some some highlights. So Kelly says I'm mildly obsessed with one that is simultaneously the best and the worst, called The Decoy Bride. I've never even heard movie. of that movie. Yeah. Um, Lucas, who we both know, of course, says the apartment from 1960 with Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine yeah. is the best. He also... In pure I, Lucas style. I, I asked him in person. I asked him, and, yeah. and that's what he said. We already had these ones at that point, but... So, uh, Burke asked... That is, a, that is a good movie, though. Yeah. Burke asks, is The Room a romantic comedy? Because, <sighs> uh, of course, he does. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Simon says, Mean Girls. Is uh, that? Uh, you know Simon. We went yeah, to... Uh, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking, I mean, I guess so. Mean Girl, I was just like, is Mean Girl? Mean Girls is like a teen... Co- yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, Sean says, Punk Drug... Punch drunk love was pretty terrible from what I remember. I oh, feel like Adam you'll Sandler? have you, you have some words about that maybe. No. Uh, let's I'm not touching. I'm not touching it. No? No. Oh, interesting. Okay, so lastly before we move on, Evita, uh, a friend of mine says uh, gives me a fucking list. The good movies are Love Actually, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Sweet Home Alabama, 13 Going on 30, About Time, Made in Manhattan, Wedding Planner, John Tucker Must Die, Just okay, Go wait. With It. 51st States, I'm not done, <laughs> Never Been Kissed, Raising Helen, Crazy Stupid Love, great movie actually. Crazy, Crazy Stupid, stupid love. oh, I forgot that one. Crazy Stupid Love is definitely, uh, it's like tied with High Fidelity. I love, eh, Forgetting Sarah tied. Marshall, that's yeah. pretty good. That's a good list. The first one, I like Love Actually. The Holiday, My Best Friend's Wedding, Notting Hill, Pretty Woman, Bridget Jones Diary. Interesting that they say Forgetting Sarah Marshall and not Knocked Up, because I thought Knocked Up was pretty fucking good too. Um, and then Bad Ones what are. about This Is 40? I fucking love that movie. But that's not. Is that a rom com or is it just yeah, a com? To- no, totally. Like, it's a because it's it's a what is interesting is we're talking about these non typical ones. Yeah, it's like a rom com about like late much later in life in a relationship. Yeah, where shit is falling apart for these people and they're just like they fucking want to kill each other. Like, yeah, that you know what I mean. And it's mm-hmm. just like, I mean, yeah, it's debatable whether it's a, but I definitely would say it is because the entire movie is them dealing strictly with the, each other. Like yeah. that's like the, you know, and their relationship with their parents. Oh, it's fucking great. So the bad ones are ghosts of girlfriends past mother-in-law. Oh, I'm sorry. Monster in Matthew McConaughey. Monster in law. Just my luck. The perfect man Four Christmases. Love happens just like heaven with Mark. Where, and this one for some reason has parentheses. Mark Ruffalo falls in love with Reese Witherspoon. Who's an annoying ghost. Wow. What's it called? Just Like Heaven. How did we not watch that one? That's incredible. Uh, no Strings Attached, 27 Dresses, Runaway Bride, Bridget Jones Diary 2 and 3, and Confessions of a Shopaholic. And our friend Adela commented, I swear by this list. So, that was, okay. Extensive. That, that, when we put out a request for content, Yeah. The gold medal right here, mm-hmm. gold star. That's like that's like taking the either this person watches so many romantic comedies that this list is just they can just recite it at the drop of a hat, or they were just like, you know, that would take some time to write that list. I feel like she's she has the same sort of mindset that we do when it comes to film. So maybe about different genres, although she loves Star Wars, but um, I feel like she just has a, the the movie recall to be able to pull that list out of thin air. Right on. I also have to give a shout out to Callie B, who is my host on the Buns, co-host on the Buns podcast, because she suggested, and we should have watched this, although it's not under the radar, La La Land. I have not seen it yet. I saw it. You motherfucker. Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. My Best Friend's Wedding, Father of the Bride, The Notebook, Crazy Stupid Love, Ooh, and Terrible is Just Friends, Shallow Howl, literally any rom-com from Netflix you've Wait a never minute. heard of. Wait a minute. Just Friends? Yeah, terrible. Mm, I could do like an Are You Kidding Me about that, probably. Is I'm that the one with to. JT? No, it's the one with uh, Ryan Reynolds and, a- and Amy Smart, where he's got like the fat suit in the uh, beginning. Yeah, yeah. 
Doesn't and he, uh, what's his name from uh, Doesn't American he like movie? zip up his dick in a zipper in the beginning of that movie? No. No, that's a different one? That's a different movie. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking of this JT one again with, uh, it's Justin Timberlake. Neil Coonies? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, that one is, oh, what is that called? I don't know. Whatever. Friends with Benefits, I think is what that one's called. Yeah, yeah. I never saw it, but Just Friends is like a, I would admit even a guilty pleasure. I don't know why. What? Sorry. John the, suggested that we watch for best rom-coms. E-Cupid 2. Wally, which I thought is a Whoa. Pretty, pretty good. Very, ooh, very clever, John. Yeah, yeah. Very clever. But he did put in, in, in worst E-Cupid. Mm, we already know that yeah, yeah, yeah we already we've been there been there done that yeah. uh the whatever i'm not gonna fucking waste your time talking about just friends we'll save that for another day yeah. but uh we haven't done Callie, an i agree with you mostly while, what we haven't done an are you kidding me in a while i know most of the things haven't been disagreeable yeah okay so recommendations for the week i'll uh i'll go first we already talked about it but um i'm just gonna keep recommending it until everyone watches it uh, it is Nirvana the band the show. We're gonna do some suggestions from uh, the guys on Nirvana the band the show in a future episode because I got their suggestions. I actually sat down with them and talked to them on a, another podcast that I do, which I keep mentioning, the Buns Podcast. That episode probably won't be out for a bit because I've got a bit of a backlog. But if you are wondering if those characters on the show are anything like the the actual guys, the answer is yes. I I imagine that the characters on the show were the 15-year-old versions of the the guys that I met because they are they're those guys. And it, we immediately bonded over hackers references. I don't know if you remember but in episode 2 he's just like we we, we got to hack the Rivoli. <laughs> and the other guys like what would you hack the Rivoli? What are you talking about? And he's like, "Yeah, we need the red book. What would Matthew Lillard say?" And I was just like, "Oh. <laughs> these are my people." These are my people, and I got to meet them. At, meet, at them, blech. I got to meet them, and I realized, yeah, these are the guys. So, and it's also Canadian. It's filmed in Toronto. I mean, we kind of talked about that, but I hate most Canadian television. Yeah, movies I'm hit or hit or miss on. Television is pretty much all garbage, but I feel like this is a resurgence of uh, Canadian TV. And what's interesting is. Uh, when I when I interviewed them, and you, you might enjoy this, is they said that because of the Canadian content laws, right, any network, Vice included, has to put on Canadian television, regardless. Mm-hmm. So, and the government's going to give content produce, Canadian content producers money to make their content. So essentially, there's no risk involved for the networks to put on whatever. And there's... Very little risk involved if you can get into the machine to create content, but let the content creators do what they want. Similar to what Netflix is doing, where it's just like, or image, you know? Right. Let the guys who are making the thing make what they want to make, and don't worry about if it offends anyone or if it's too crazy or that you don't think enough people are going to watch it, because ultimately it doesn't matter. You're playing with somebody else's money. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a fantastic point. And this is like, to their credit, I think this show is a, a shining example of that sort of thing. I mean, I want to know how they lit a fucking giant banner on fire above Club Monaco on that keels on Queen Street. I didn't even hear about it being filmed. So what's interesting, I don't know how they did that scene. They must have gotten some sort of permission or maybe they didn't. But a lot of the stories they were telling me, I feel like I shouldn't say, it doesn't matter. A lot of the stories they were telling me off mic were just like, yeah, we just... Are you sure it doesn't matter? <laughs> you we, could tell me off mic too if you want. They're just like, we just do these things. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he's just like, yeah, we're filming a scene. The Rivley's under construction. So we thought like, you know, maybe we could get some cool shit while it's under construction. We just like walked in there and just started <laughs> filming stuff. And he was telling me a story about how they went to Canada's Wonderland. And they had a rotating crew of like, because at any given time, they have two cameras filming the situation so they can cut back and forward. And they had a rotating crew of like four or five cameramen because so like the cameraman, like they'd be far enough away that they security wouldn't realize who they were filming, but the cameraman would be filming and they'd be like, no, you can't do that here. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. 
right? And then like, put it away and then like start filming again and then get kicked out. And like they would leave, pass the camera off to somebody else. That guy would come in and then it'd be a different guy filming. And like <laughs> they just go in a circle until they got the scenes they needed at Canada's Wonderland. And I was just like, oh. That's a lot of work. <laughs> but like you, they literally just, <laughs> they're just, yeah, they're, they're like, just yeah. Doing, they're making it happen. Like when they broke into, uh, in episode two, when they broke into Now Magazine, they didn't get permission from Now Magazine. They just did it. Well, well, yeah. Well, my recommendation is a book. It's a couple of years old. Uh, I don't normally read biographies, um, but I have s- several right now for some reason. And the one that I'm reading right now and enjoying is uh, Questlove's bi- sort of biography called Mo Meta, The Mo Meta Blues. Uh, it's really cool. I don't, I don't know. I won't go into too much details. It's kind of, it's not what you'd expect because it's not just him. It's like an autobiography. It's not him just being like, and then I was born and then I did this and then I was on, you know, in the roots and then Jimmy Fallon. My buddy Ted really liked the book. I don't Yeah. He specifically starts the book by, it's a conversation with him and like the manager, I think for the roots. Uh, Isn't most of the book the, the two of them going kind of back and forth? Sort of, but it's not like consistent. It's just like chapter to chapter, the format kind of changes. Right. And uh, but it's I'm pretty into it. If you're into music at all, like mm-hmm. not even like hip hop music. If you're just into music, definitely worth checking out. Um, that guy has met enough people, <laughs> enough has enough crazy stories and even stories that aren't that crazy, but are just crazy in that they are a thing that happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, that it's, it's pretty interesting. So yeah. Amir quest, love Thompson. Awesome. All right. And, uh, because we didn't have any real music recommendations for the week, I'm going to, Whoa, what? I'm going to throw down, Show you the way by Thundercat at the end of this episode because I feel like everyone oh. needs to listen to this new album, Cats called Drunk. Did uh, it come out? It's not out yet, though. No, but oh. there are so many tracks available online right now. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's no, good. So Shout this, out to Brain Feeder. This is the single with uh, oh, the first single they dropped. Who's on? It's Kenny Loggins is on this, who is a huge. Uh, inspiration to Thundercat, if you can believe that. I can, actually. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, check it out. Until next week, guys. uh, Keep loving it.